Welcome to the weekly worship service from St. Paul's Lutheran Church and School in Bourbon A and Kankakee. In today's service, you will hear readings from God's Word, a message from our pastor, the Lord's Prayer, and a blessing for you and your family. But first, a few announcements about our ministry at St. Paul's. We invite you to join us for our weekly 5 p.m. Saturday worship service at our church located at 348 East Merchant Street in downtown Kankakee. We also hold weekly Sunday morning worship services at 8.30 and 11.05 at our school site, located at 1780 Career Center Road in Bourbon A. If you have any health reasons that might keep you away from in-person worship, please consider one of our alternative worship services, such as our worship page on our website, our weekly WKAN broadcast, and through our Facebook stream. You may also request an audio copy or opt for our podcast. All worship services and church information are available on our website at stpaulslutheran.net. The latest information on our response to the pandemic is available by clicking the COVID-19 tab at the top of the page. For more information about St. Paul's Lutheran Church and School, please call the church office at 815-932-0312. And now we pray that you are blessed by the Word of God in today's worship. lavished on us, that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know him. Dear friends, now we are children of God, and what we will be has not yet been made known. But we know that when he appears, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Everyone who has the hope in him purifies himself, just as he is pure. Everyone who sins breaks the law. In fact, sin is lawlessness. But you know that he 
appeared so that he might take away our sins, and in him is no sin. No one who lives in him keeps on sinning. No one who continues to sin has either seen him or known him. Dear children, do not let anyone lead you astray. He who does what is right is righteous, just as he is righteous. Let us stand in honor of the gospel. St. Luke, the 24th chapter. While they were still talking about this, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. They were startled and frightened, thinking they saw a ghost. And he said to them, Why are you troubled? And why do doubts rise in your minds? Look at my hands and my feet. My, my hands and my feet, it is I myself. Touch me and see. A ghost does not have flesh and bones, as you see I have. And when he said this, he showed them his hands and feet. And while they still did not believe it because of joy and amazement, he asked them, do you have anything here to eat? They gave him a piece of broiled fish, and he took it and he ate it in their presence. He said to them, this is what I told you while I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms. Then he opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures. He told them, this is what is written. The Christ will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day, and repentance and forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. I am going to send you what my father has promised, but stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. This is the gospel of the Lord. May God's grace and mercy and peace be yours this day in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The text for the message comes from our readings today. Let's pray. O risen Lord, bless us as we open your word and as we gather in your presence. Fill us with hope as we look forward to an eternity in your presence. And may the words of my mouth, may the meditations of our hearts together 
be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our Maker and our Redeemer. Amen. Hallelujah. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. Amen. In our readings today, we heard, in Luke, Jesus said, Look at my hands and my feet, it is I myself. Touch me and see, a ghost does not have flesh and bones as you see I have. And when he said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. And then for First John, John writes, We know that when Christ appears, we shall be like him. That's our text. On a trip to uh, Washington, D.C., it was some years ago now, Linda and I got to visit a lot of different places, but we also went to Arlington National Cemetery. Interesting place. You know, while there, we were able to uh, uh, watch the changing of the guard at the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier. And if you've never done that, I encourage you to do so. It, It is a solemn place and just an interesting thing to watch. 24 hours a day, the soldiers from the 3rd U.S. Infantry Regiment, known as the Old Guard, stand watch over that tomb. The tomb guards, also called sentinels, are chosen for this prestigious and highly selective post, only after a lot of rigorous training and a demanding series of examinations. The tomb guard marches exactly 21 times, 21 steps down the black mat behind the tomb, faces uh, east for 21 seconds, turns and faces north for 21 seconds, then takes 21 steps down the mat and, and and repeats the process, the number 21 representing the highest military honor that can be stowed, right? The 21-gun salute. Next, the Sentinel uh, executes that sharp uh, shoulder arm movement uh, uh, to place the weapon on the shoulder closest to the visitors, signifying that he stands or he, she stands between the tomb and any possible threat. That tomb is guarded and has been guarded every minute of every day since 1937. I've had the honor to perform services also at Abraham Lincoln Cemetery, uh, just up the road there in Elwood. And each time there for a veteran, there is the playing of taps, the folding of the American flag and the 21 gun salute. But why do we do that? Well, we would say to honor those who gave their lives in serving our country. Uh, But on Veterans Day, we also honor those who have served, who still survive. And every now and then, we're told uh, there are some remains that have been found around the world, and, and they are brought back to be identified and reburied. Why? Why do we honor what is left of these men and women and treat those remains with so much dignity and so much respect? Well, we could answer by saying that these soldiers gave their lives, right, in service to our country and deserve that kind of dignity. No one would argue with that. What's more, we will certainly bring closure to some families who, who've been wondering all these years uh, where their loved ones are buried. And the fact remains, however, that retrieving remains like that don't necessarily, they don't bring the person back. They remain, the remains are all that's left of a life. Whatever our religious convictions might be, we know that our body is special. And so we treat it in a special way even after it has died. When we attend a funeral, we give honor and respect to the body, we treat it with dignity. If we really think about it, our bodies are miracles, aren't they? In fact, the body we have has been designed and created by God, and and, and it carries with it the mark of his creative genius, right? 
Just think of what our body can do, how, how complex, how balanced, how strong, and, and yet how capable of fine control. Think about the brain and everything that it does and controls without any effort on our part. And I think about our eyes and our ears, our, our heart and lungs, those things that are all so complex and amazing and do such marvelous things, and we hardly ever give it a thought as we go about our daily tasks. When one part is injured in some way, the body has its repair mechanism. Our, our bodies are more, uh, the res- are more than the result of an evolutionary process, really. They are created by God. They're wonderful and amazing, and it's not hard to believe that we are what we are because the hand of God, the Creator, has made us. Scripture tells us that human beings are really one of God's miracles. We are body and soul, spirit, personality, DNA, flesh and bones, all wonderfully and mysteriously integrated and knit together, working in that complex harmony. Uh, one, of the pa- one of the Psalms talks about this, Psalm 139, where the psalmist expresses how wonderfully our bodies are made when he writes, for you created my inmost being, you knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful, I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. God had made Adam and Eve and intended really for them to live together in in happiness and harmony with God and the world in which he placed them. But we all know that all that changed. When sin entered the world, our bodies became infected with sickness and and the process of aging began. However, though we are marred by sin and, and disfigured by sin, it really doesn't diminish the uniqueness of our bodies one bit. God didn't simply put us into this world uh, uh, only to grow old, wear out, and die. (laughs) He made us for more than that. He made us to live forever. And in faith, we say and confess what we believe. The Apostles' Creed, we confess, I believe in the resurrection of the body. Today, in the Nicene Creed, we'll confess, and I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. That's our confession that your body and my body will live forever. Today we hear, as we've heard since Easter day, how Jesus appears to his disciples in his resurrection body. I mean, to say the least, the disciples are terrified, and when someone's dead, they stay dead, right? And, And so Jesus goes to a lot of effort to show them that he is alive, that this Jesus is not a ghost, he's not a spirit or a figment of their imagination, but he is the same flesh and blood Jesus that they have come to know when they walked and talked together uh, as they traveled around Galilee. It's the same Jesus who has real skin, skin that now bears scars, right? The scars from the nails and the scar from the spear, and now who eats and drinks in the same way that he ate with uh, Zacchaeus or with the disciples at the Last Supper. He says, look at my hands and my feet, it is I myself, touch me and see. A ghost and I have flesh and bones as you see I have. In other words, Jesus is coming to them saying, hey, it's me, Jesus, right? Touch me and see. This New Testament tells us that our resurrection, following the pattern set by Jesus, will be a resurrection of the body. 
In the, in the first reading from 1 John, John says that when Jesus is revealed on the last day, we will be like him. Right after Easter, I asked my eighth grade class uh, uh, here at St. Paul's this question. I asked them, what are your top questions about heaven? Uh, well, just, I have to say, I was pretty impressed. There were some interesting uh, responses there. Uh, some questions, though, did center on, will there be animals in heaven? Uh, some, someone even asked about dinosaurs. Uh, another asked, what's time going to feel like? You know, how will the passage of time feel like in eternity? That was interesting. Another asked, will there be a day and a night? Will there be flowers and grass? Uh, someone asked, how are you going to get around, a car? <laughs> Another asked, well, can you see anyone you want, or are you sort of locked into a specific group when you get there? Uh, pretty good questions. We have lots of questions too, don't we? Heaven, what will it be like? Been asked for centuries. People of different cultures have pondered that question and come up with all kinds of different answers. We ask questions too, don't we? Like what I heard from our eighth graders. What will heaven, what will it be like to live in heaven? Will, will our bodies be so perfect that uh, the people we love won't recognize us or we won't recognize them? Uh, will, will there be food in heaven, right? Will we have some kind of glorified digestive system that's going to allow us to eat anything and never get sick or gain weight? Will we have so many questions about what it's going to be like in heaven? And just like there are a lot of questions about heaven, there are a lot of ideas about what happens after we die. Unfortunately, a lot of those are wrong. One that raises it every so often is that idea of reincarnation. That is, after we die, we come back in another life, uh, another form. There, there are lots of people who have expressed that idea, but there, there's really nothing to suggest in the Bible that we come back to live uh, another life in a different form. We don't do that. In fact, the I don't, I don't find it a particularly attractive idea compared to the joys of heaven and eternity. Neither does the Bible talk about the dead hanging around, right, after they die. And neither does the Bible say that we become angels when we die, right? What the Bible does say is that the body, the body that is capable of so many wonderful things, the body is a creation of God. And that through Jesus' death and resurrection, we are redeemed, not only soul, but also body. That means eternal life involves our bodies. You know, this teaching about the resurrection of the body is something unique to the Christian faith. And, and, and I think a lot of times it's something we tend to miss. Because so often we, we stop with being in heaven with Jesus and say, that's got to be the best thing ever. But scripture tells us that there's something more that there is that day when Jesus Christ returns again in glory, that the earth will pass away. God will bring forth the new heavens and the new earth for us to live in all eternity. Eternal life also involves our bodies. You see, when Jesus died on the cross and rose again from the dead, he didn't do this just to save our souls. He gave his body on the cross to save us, a, a whole person. He has made us, body and soul, holy and right with God. We believe that this body, right, this weak uh, clay pot of a body that we have, will one day be transformed and glorified, just like the perfect and eternal Son of God himself, nothing less. Yes, we will be like him. 
Paul tells us that like Jesus, our old body that's so riddled with faults and weaknesses is going to be made new and perfect. It's going to be made eternal and beautiful, healthy and strong in every way. And I'm not just talking about the physical side of our bodies either. While on this earth, we suffer from all kinds of ailments, but also our our personality and character, right? Those are redeemed from the flaws. The flaws, the selfishness, the the dark blots, those things that hold us back, the things that trip us up here in this life while our sin still hangs on to us. Our bodies, our will, our minds will all be made new. In that day, we will know God's will perfectly. And we will be in complete harmony with God and with everyone else. All these things will be made new and beautiful and will be finally what God has always wanted us to be. We will be the beautiful and lovely person that God has always known that one day we would become. In fact, it's not to say God doesn't love us now. He does love us now. But in Christ, we've already been made new and clean because of the blood of Jesus. But right now in this life, we're always going to deal with this sin and sickness and aging. You know, Paul uses this illustration of a a seed planted in the ground and rise up from the ground, that lush plant with heads of grain. You know, uh, right now we've got all kinds of uh, plants popping up out of the ground. Uh, You look at, say, like the bulb of of a daffodil. Not a lot attractive about it, is there? It's wrinkly and dry and brown. Boy, you plant it. You plant it in the ground. Then there are those green leaves that shoot up on that tall, straight stem. There are those beautiful flowers that are there. Listen to what the apostle says. So it will be with the resurrection of the dead. The body that is sown perishable is raised imperishable. It is sown in dishonor. It is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness, it is raised in power. This is the great encouragement and comfort to you and to me as we struggle with aging, as we struggle with illness in this life, because these bodies wear out (laughs) in a few short years, and it leaves us uh, creaking and groaning with pain. We lose our mobility, and we're we're headed, but the thing is, is that we're headed to for complete and a radical renewal. No arthritis, right? No heart problems, no diabetes, no cancer, no Alzheimer's. No fear of that day when they're going to finally catch up to us and we die. What a great encouragement that is and a comfort it is to all of us when we must sit at the deathbed of a loved one or attend the funeral of our family and friends. In Christ and only in Christ, there's hope. There is hope beyond this life. There is hope beyond death and hope that points us beyond heaven. There awaits us a new life, a new body, a new heaven, a new earth, and a new home for all those who know and trust in Jesus. And one day we're all going to go through this dark valley of the shadow of death. We don't know what our body is going to go through along the way. We don't know when this will happen. We don't have the precise description of what our new bodies are gonna be like. (laughs) After all, how can you describe something that's out of this world with worldly words? But we do know one thing, and that's when Jesus is revealed, we will be like him. 
and that is good news. It's good news, especially in this season, because it makes us want to shout. Hallelujah. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. Amen. And now may the peace of God that transcends all understanding guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Dear friends, let us confess our faith using the words of the Nicene Creed we confess together. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten, not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary and was made man and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried. And the third day he rose again according to the scriptures and ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of the Father and he will come again with glory to judge both the living and the dead, whose kingdom will have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and Son together is worshiped and glorified, who spoke by the prophets. And I believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins. And I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen.
Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Dear friends, go with God's blessing this day. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord look upon you with his favor and give you his peace. Amen. Thank you for joining us in this time of worship. From all of us at St. Paul's Lutheran Church and School, we thank you for listening. More worship opportunities are available on our website at stpaulslutheran.net just click worship at the top of the page. May God bless you and your family each and every day. And again, thank you for listening.